comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Facebook, no Twitter, no smartphones, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. everybody it's the walking dead tv podcast episode 40 and it's the first episode for season two this is john this is brad and we're alone so far uh jordan's on his way though yes yes jordan is on his way and unfortunately this this all happened so close to new york comic-con that jim and russ are still en route to getting home from the con so unfortunately, they're not going to be us tonight. But we're going to hold down the fort. We got a big show, great first episode. I think everybody's happy. Uh, we're going to go over lots of cool stuff. But first, Brad, as always. Oh no, you know what? That's not going to be first, Brad. First, I would like to say great new intro for season two. Anybody that's been listening to the show knows that we switched our opening music and a little voiceover and stuff, and. That is thanks to Brad and Bill the Voice from Half Hour Wasted, who does all of our voiceover work. So that sounds awesome, man. So thank you. You're welcome. That was fun working on that. And uh, I had to bribe Bill to... Nah, that's not true. Bill, I asked Bill, I said, I, I, I want you to redo the open. We're going to change the words. I want it to sound just like the previous open. But, you know, Bill takes pride in his work. He likes to experiment and try things. So he gave me a little bit different read than I asked for, but uh, with my uh, skills that pay the bills, I was able to edit it in a way that it basically sounded just like the old open with uh, just some new words. So I was happy to do it, proud of that. I like that whole editing bit and the music and stuff. Uh, good choice of music uh, this year too, I think. Yeah, that uh, is um, why Oak is the band or the person. I'm not sure if, uh, I guess it's a band. And Civilian is the name of the song, and it was featured in most of the Season 2 trailers. So, I'm pretty uh, sure it's just uh, one one lady. I mean, she may have a band backing her, but I've seen an acoustic version of that song uh, played by a woman and her guitar on YouTube. So I'm pretty sure that's, that's uh, the name of that girl singing. So, I was not lying. Jordan from Jersey has just joined us. Hello. Hey, everybody. We uh we just talked a little bit about the new opening, which is fantastic. Before we get to our sponsor, I wanted to just say a couple of things. First of all, again, I want to congratulate the whole cast here at Walking Dead TV for making it through the very, very long off-season. Uh, I don't think we knew what we were getting into when we promised two shows a month for the entire off-season, but we did it. 
Uh, we even did more than two shows a month at some point. So we survived. We survived, uh, which is great. I want to thank the listeners that hung in the entire off season with us because I know I listen to a bunch of uh, television show podcasts and I usually check out during the off season uh, and come back for the for the following season. So I want to thank everybody that hung around. They made it a lot of fun on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. And uh, they know a good thing when they hear it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so we want to welcome back the people that are joining us again. And, of course, we want to welcome any new listeners that we might have. And for the people that didn't hang around and for the new listeners, you might want to go back three or four shows and catch up. Uh, we just put out the New York Comic Con panel that happened you know, two days ago that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, we had a Michael Rooker interview. We had an Irony Singleton interview. And we talked a little bit about the webisodes and the Netflix and uh, and the news very recently. So if you guys want to check back a few shows and get caught up, you'd probably uh, find some good stuff there. So before we do a little New York Comic Con thing, before we get into the episode here, uh, Brad, why don't you tell us about our wonderful sponsor? All right, and I'll uh, try to get through this as quickly and painlessly as possible. I'm dealing with a rather severe ragweed allergy, according to my doctor, so uh, I may sound a little strained tonight, but I'll uh, do my best here. Um, he ragweed says that, but he had a suspiciously looking, bite-looking type wound earlier no, today, so I'm saying he might be zombified. I'm not. I'm fine. I have no fever. You have to take care of the boat, Jordan. Shoot him to. in the head. <clears throat> boat. I'm fine. I'm fine. Jim, when he started going nuts, he was telling Rick, you got to do something with the boat. Remember oh, that? that's right. I forgot all that. <laughs> okay, so uh, dcbservice.com. They've got the um, solicits up for December. Yes, okay. Um, but I, I went ahead and just searched Walking Dead, and it looks like all 14 of the Walking Dead trade paperbacks are available at 40% off. You can get them for $8.99. Let's call it $9. And guess what, guys? They've solicited uh, Volume 15, a brand new one that should be out uh, in a couple of months. I'm looking forward to that. You can get it for uh, $8.99. They've got issues 49, 50, 51, and 52 of the Walking Dead Weekly reprints. And, of course, there's tons of other Walking Dead stuff, uh, hardcovers, omnibuses, stuff so visit is it omnibuy i think it might be omnibuy it is let's call it omnibuses it's more fun yeah i know well bill would probably pronounce it omnibi or something yeah he would omnibi for those of you that don't know what we're talking about that's too bad uh dcbservice.com check them out uh they're good to us and be sure to use that wd8 code when you check out if this is your first order you can save another eight percent yeah and for again for new People that are new to the comics and, and just checking out the show and just checking out us and, and you think maybe you want to read the comics, this is the way to go. I mean, don't walk into, like, well, Borders. You can't walk into a Borders anymore, I guess. Uh, don't walk into Barnes & Noble and pay, like, cover price for these you books. You can, but it'll hurt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the door will be closed. <laughs> Check out DCBS, DCBService.com, and uh, th- it'll save you a boatload. So... I can't get, we really, I know we have a lot of stuff. We have the premiere of season two that we need to get into, but I can't not talk about New York Comic Con for a little bit. I was there. Jim. Did I mentioned that all four of you guys suck. Yes, you have mentioned that. We All of us four suck. Uh, Jordan, Jim, Russ, and myself were able to be at the con. 
Uh, Bradley, unfortunately, you were not able to be at the con, uh, but next time, hopefully. Uh, huge Walking Dead presence again. Robert Kirkman, you know, at the image booth, signing autographs and stuff. I actually um, got a chance to talk with him for a couple minutes. It was really, really fun. Yeah, yeah, he was he was very nice to me too. I was just kind of on a line of uh, autograph seekers, but uh, I asked him to pose while he was signing the book, uh, telling him that you know it may end up going to a listener, and he said, "Oh, good luck with the podcast." And you know, he chats for few seconds and stuff and he's very cordial and cool so uh that's all i've ever heard of anyone that's ever been able to talk to him so very cool there jordan tweeted i just ran into robert kirkman and i responded did it hurt and he said only when we had to say goodbye <laughs> fantastic yeah that was one of the few times i actually had service inside of the javits center oh my god that javits center is like a concrete bunker yeah, I heard a lot of complaints about the internet access there. I don't get it. I mean, with the, with the social media and all these bloggers and people trying to cover stuff, and, and that's what you're there for, there's no service in the building. But that's another story. Uh, very cool Walking Dead panel again on Saturday night. Uh, we have the audio up now. It was last show, episode 39. The video is going to be up real soon. We have tons of pictures coming up real soon. For anybody who's been listening to the show for a while, last year I had to sit through M. Night Shyamalan's panel to get a good seat for the Walking Dead panel. This year, we it was, of course, even bigger and crazier. And even though we had some cool press access uh, to get a good seat, we really had to try hard. So I sat through the Nikita panel, which wasn't bad thanks to Maggie Q, followed by the Ghost Rider panel, which had a lot of great surprises in it, I might add. Uh, just to be up real close for the Walking Dead panel. And it, it came, you know, it was worth it. We got real good seats. Uh, we got to hang out for the panel. We got to have great video and uh, and audio as well. And I guess I'll leave the New York Comic Con thing with this. I have like two major prizes, I would say. And, well, maybe one's major and, and one's a pretty good prize. One of them you can't get for a while. And the other... I don't think you can ever get. So I was very lucky to get it. So pay attention to like the Twitter and the Facebook groups and stuff like that. I think we may give one of them away tonight or tell you how you can get it. But, I know what uh, he's talking about. It's pretty amazing. So you definitely want to check that out. Yeah, I'm going to make them join the Facebook group, I think, to get a look at it because I posted a picture there. So if, Ooh, you, nice. if you search Walking Dead TV podcast on Facebook, join the group and you will get a look at uh, some swag that will one day... Hopefully, unless I decide to just keep the freaking thing. Since you brought up the Facebook group, can I just say something? I've been debating on whether to even bring it up, but um, and I, you guys know me. I'm I, I don't like to be the bad guy, but I think I need to be the bad guy right now. We use the the Facebook group, you know, obviously as a way to communicate with our listeners and stuff. But we also feel like it. We want it to reflect how we run our show, and what I'm getting at is that we don't put spoilers on that page and we would ask that the listeners don't put spoilers on that page. John was quick on the draw one day and deleted a post that was just laden with spoilers. And, um, you know, I could mention names, but I won't. The guy knows who he is and we deleted his post. Um, I, I just please respect the other people that, that visit the group and don't post, post spoilers. Um, especially related to the comic book and how it compares to the show. I just think that's important. 
And uh, if you don't understand that, then, you know, that's fine. You don't have to visit the Facebook group. I just, I don't, I, look, I will, <laughs> I will figure out how to ban you from the Facebook group if you, <laughs> if you do that. He will call Al Gore right now and turn this car around. So just don't be a jerk and, uh, <laughs> and, and do that kind of thing. And the Facebook group's cool. I mean, I didn't want it to be a closed group where nobody can post anything except the people that run it and stuff. I mean, there's a cool back and forth there. And, uh, you know, we just don't want to ruin the experience for anybody. And, and again, if it's your first time here, that's how we run our show, basically. We're going to talk all about the episode that just happened. Uh, we're not going to talk about anything that we know may happen from having comic book knowledge. We, If something that happened in the show happened in the comic, we'll certainly compare those two events. But uh, we're not going to spoil anything by talking about the book or revealing any spoilers that we may have gotten any other way. So um, posted on the on the book that they had a spoilers or an email that they could send the spoiler or a theory. I beg your pardon, a, a, a spoiler laden theory. I think is what they said. I said yes, yeah, send it to comments at walkingdeadtv.com, and he did. And we're going to read that email of sorts tonight. There's a way to to get that out of your system. Just you know, send us an email. Don't don't spoil it for others. Please. Thank you. Hey, one more thing on New York Comic Con. If you go back and listen to that Comic Con uh, audio episode, you might just hear the sultry tones of, of a familiar voice asking the uh, the cast a question. Oh, that's I forgot about that. Was that so, you? Did you get to ask a question? Uh, dude, they plopped the mic right next to me. And when they were like, all right, we're going to go to questions, my leg like just reactively stood up. And now I'm like, I got to think of something quick. <laughs> Were you the first one to ask questions? They went to the other side first, didn't they, Jordan? Uh, yeah, I think so. So I was second. I was first on our line, but second. Uh, oh, awesome. I uh, I started listening to that, the panel, but I never made it to the questions because I got, you know, distracted or something shiny, I guess. But um, that's cool. I'll have to go back and listen. It was a good time, and I, I don't want to reveal the other cool thing that I got yet, but when, when that time comes, we'll have a cool story about that. The cast was just awesome. Let's just put it that way. They, when the panel was over, they had to throw them out, basically. They were signing and talking and posing for pictures for a real long period of time, so it was, it was a very good experience. Speaking of panel and spoilers and you know, even having said everything that I just said about spoilers and stuff, there's a specific spoiler that we as a podcast have been dancing around for the last year in that panel audio that you guys just mentioned, Robert Kirkman just reveals it. He lays it out there. So keep in mind that if you do listen to that panel, he will spoil something that we've gone to great pains to not spoil. And now having said this out loud, this begs the question, since he said it, is it okay for us to talk about it now? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that question. Again. This is this is it because we have to get to the show. But it's not what happened; it's how it happens that's the bigger spoiler, in my that's opinion. True. And I yeah. don't think he reveals that. No, he, he does, does not. not. He does not. Yeah, you're right. The how it happens is more important. Okay, and I, I'm I'll I'll shut up now. Jordan, take us through episode one of season two, and the reason I said it that way is because I don't know what it was called. Episode 201 is titled What Lies Ahead, which is also the title of the second trade paperback of The Walking Dead, collecting issues, uh, I believe it was 7 through 12. So, fun fact. Sweet. Uh, we pick up pretty much directly after 
the season one finale ends for a few seconds, and then we we jump forward. I think they say a day and a half at one point. But uh, the whole crew is is on the road. They're getting the heck out of Atlanta. Before they do, Rick sits down with his walkie-talkie and uh, has a heart-to-heart with no one. Or I mean, he's talking to uh, talking to Morgan Jones, but we don't have any indication that he actually heard him. Just kind of laying out what he's going through and where they hope to go. Um, they say they're going to Fort Benning. And so they get on the road and head there, but they're quickly interrupted by car trouble. Time out. Yeah, time out. Can I just say something? I, go I'm going to probably... I think I'm I would sure. say the same thing, whichever you guys say. I, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing because we've been waiting for this night for so long. And then, like, the Twitter buzz started. Everybody's getting excited. And the show begins. And he goes into the monologue on the walkie-talkie. And my first thought was, I think I just hated that. And as, like, a fan, you're not sure. Like, did I hate that? You know, yeah. it was That's, just not, uh, it, I, I don't know, it was clunky, and he changed his accent, I think. It sounded more Georgia. I'm not I'm not sure exactly, but I didn't love it. This episode was written by, co-written by Robert Kirkman and a pseudonym of Frank Darabont. Uh, I can't remember the, the name that it's given, but I'm Art wondering. Art Yes, thank you. I'm wondering who wrote that speech, because... It has, that monologue has got to be one of the most poorly written things I've ever heard on television. And you know what literally killed it for me was at the end when he goes, Rick, signing off. <laughs> I just about threw my remote at the television. That was that was pretty bad. Well, I mean, it was exactly what I was worried about when we saw some of those, some snippets of that part in the, um, in the trailers for season two. You know, we saw a little bit of it in season one where he's talking the walkie-talkie. I didn't love it, but at least it was over. And then I say, hey, they're going to be doing this again. Wonderful. And you know, besides the fact that it was the writing wasn't great, the ADR was terrible. Like, you could tell that they redubbed in almost everything he said back onto that scene. And not well. I mean, no. granted, I loved pretty much everything else about the episode, but this was not a really good way to begin it. And our buddy Frank pointed this out specifically. He, he had problems with the scene also, but um, he said the uh, some of the effects the green screen stuff with Rick um, on the wide shots was pretty bad it was from a production standpoint it was pretty noticeable to my eye but we get the crap out of the way in what a minute minute and a half at the most yeah and they, and they never came back to it which was nice so like I said they they went out onto the highway and they quickly hit car trouble first they find just abandoned cars all over the road look kind of like the um the highway in zombie land or in any other number of zombie films where there's almost no way to get through Daryl scouting ahead of the, of the group on his motorcycle um but he can't at first he can find a way through but then then they kind of stall out and the hose on the RV finally goes bad and they have to stop now before this uh, i believe Shane is the one who's talking about leaving He's kind of having an internal monologue or talking to somebody. And he's, he says uh, he's probably going to leave after this. I think he was talking to Lori. But, well, I know he talked to Lori later, but I want to say he had something came up before that. But regardless, yeah, so they, they all get out. They start scavenging for food and for clothes and for parts. You know, at first they say, where are we going to find a radiator hose? And then look around them and they figure, well, it might actually not be that difficult. So they go scouting. Uh, Shane finds a truck full of uh, water. So that was awesome. Uh, they find all kinds of different things, food and clothes. Uh, Carl finds a whole thing of Gerber knives. There's some product placement there, but it didn't really bother me. 
That was um, a cool scene. That was a very cool scene. Yeah, I was yeah, pretty I, sure. I was for that guy to wake up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, like, looking at his arm when he's sitting in there, I could tell it wasn't a mannequin arm. It was a real human arm. And so I was waiting for any second for it to turn out that it was a person who's going to jump up. But I, I like that they kind of played with those expectations. So they're all out looking for this stuff. And then who spots who spots them first? Is it Dale by a split second? Yeah, I think Dale, Dale on the... No, no, I'm sorry. I think it's Rick, correct? And then they show Dale with the binoculars after Rick kind of spots them? Yeah, so they, first they spot one zombie, and uh, Rick's got his, his rifle up to his eye with the scope, and he's about to take it out, and then he sees there's another zombie, another one, and they pan back, and you can see there's, oh, probably 50 zombies in that first shot, and then when they pull back even farther, there's probably a good, I don't know, 75 of them in the area. Uh, let, me ask, they, let me ask you about the logistics here. If memory serves, these zombies came from the direction in which they were driving, not the direction they came from, but they were basically walking towards the front. I, I believe you are correct. Okay, so, okay, okay, that makes sense to me, because if they had passed them, you know, they would have seen them, or maybe they came out of the woods or whatever. Right. But then, then, okay, there's a, a wide shot <clears throat> where the camera uh, trucks up, it lifts up, to reveal the herd as they are referred to later, which is an awesome nod to the comic books. Thank you, Robert Kirkman. <clears throat> There's a whole conversation about them being called herds in the comic that made its way into this episode. Can I, can, I, can I cut you off for one second? After I asked my question, I was so teetering. You have to be very careful with these cons. You'll get booed. And uh, I wanted to tell Gail Ann that I was starting a fan club called Gail Ann's Herd. <laughs> but I didn't know if how so I'm saying it now is is awesome. I thought it was funny. I think enough people wouldn't have gotten it that you might have gotten it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you need to put that up on uh Twitter tonight. I did it during the show. I as soon as they mentioned herd, I tweeted Galance herd and and then I and I need to I sent it to her. Yeah, I did, but uh nobody nobody follows me. I think what I'm trying to get at with that wide shot is when the camera goes up you can see the road. There's plenty of road for these for this herd to have been walking down. Why did it take Dale so long for him to notice it? I guess is what I'm trying to get at. There weren't enough cars to hide them. Was there a dip in the road, like a good sized hill that they could have been in the valley of? Well, I, I'm pretty sure that the uh, the road was not a hill. In fact, it was a the valley. There was too much of a hill. The, the road went up, not down, and not like over the horizon, but it went up. You know what I mean? Like a, a rocking horse? Uh, kind of. Well, I, maybe I'm thinking too much about it. Forget that. I just kind of thought maybe they uh, came out of, like, maybe they weren't going down the road. Maybe they came out of the woods on the side or... That works for me. Or something, sure. So Rick immediately signals to Lori, Carl, and everybody else in the area to, you know, hide under cars, or Dale actually lays down on the roof of the RV... But already, uh, Shane, well, I guess Shane was there too. So it was Daryl and uh, T-Dog who were off. Uh, T-Dog was siphoning gasoline out of cars, and Daryl was looking for something. I forget exactly what. But uh, T-Dog, when he finally sees the zombies, because it takes him a little bit longer than everybody else, he ducks down behind a car and immediately slits his arm open right to an artery and starts splurting blood everywhere. That was gnarly. It was really gross. Especially, I'd say the second or third time they went back to it, where it was just leaving a trail on the ground, that was a lot of blood. Yeah, you could tell he, he was 
getting dizzy and stuff. I thought that was a nice touch. Right. So while all this is going on, uh, Andrea is sitting inside the RV. No idea any of this is going on. She had had an earlier conversation, a short conversation with Shane about her pistol and how her father had given it to her. And uh, he said he would offer to show her how to disassemble it and reassemble it because it's a good thing to know how to do, especially in the situation. So she's sitting there by herself now because Shane went out to, to look for things with a disassembled handgun. And she catches, you know, just a glimpse out of, out of her left eye. She catches all these zombies walking by and she has a minor panic attack and ducks back onto the floor and grabbing the gun. And she jumps into the bathroom right before one of the best looking zombies the show has ever done steps onto the RV. Yeah, I agree with that. That was an awesome looking zombie. Very now, this scene, Brad, John, Russ, Jim and I, we saw on, what was that, a 40, 50 foot screen? Yeah. I mean, this was the scene they showed at Comic-Con and his zombie makeup held up even under that scrutiny. It looked gorgeous. I mean, it looked terrible, but it looked gorgeously terrible. Right, right. Hats off to Nick and Terry. And I have yeah. to say also that we saw the uh, the T-Dog cutting his arm open, and I think that's, has that been shown before? That's been shown in it a trailer, in right? Because we, yeah, I mean, we brought it up when we interviewed him. Right. So I think my point with that, Brad, is like at that point we knew it was coming. <laughs> We've seen it on a big screen. We've seen it in the trailer. People were still screaming at the con when that happened, and it still like was so... You know, before this first commercial break, I felt like I had seen like 80% of what we were shown, and it was still awesome. Definitely. So this this incredible looking zombie comes onto the RV. His teeth are, 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 are just showing. His lips are all pulled back. He looks like, a you know, the perfect representation of a Charlie Adler zombie. Uh, Charlie Adler, Adler, for anyone who doesn't know, is the illustrator of The Walking Dead. Um, it just looks absolutely great. He comes on the RV. He's kind of looking around, poking around doesn't see anything, so he starts to leave, and the whole time Andrea's in the bathroom trying to reassemble this pistol, and she drops a spring or something, and it makes a kind of a loud, clanging noise. The zombie turns around, starts banging on the door, and she starts freaking out. We then cut back, and when there's a whole bunch of cuts during this, everybody undercars and everything, but we, we cut back to, uh, to T-Dog, who is, at this point, I think he falls down on the ground, he's practically unconscious, and some Really good acting on his part to really show how the blood loss is affecting him. But uh, he falls down on the ground and a zombie in overalls comes around the corner and spots him. And uh, it's only stopped when Daryl, or as uh, Michael Rucker would say, Daryl, jumps out with a screwdriver and stabs him right up the base of the neck into the brain, killing that zombie. But there's more zombies coming, so uh, Daryl actually drops that zombie on top of T-Dog. And then he pulls another zombie out of a car and hides under it until the herd goes by. Cut back to Andrea in the car. And, and right after we see this first screwdriver kill, Dale hears her screaming in the bathroom. And he's on top of the RV. So he's got a screwdriver with him for when they were looking at the radiator hose. He rips open the screen, drops the screwdriver down to her. And she gets her first uh, non-familial zombie kill. The first one she killed was Amy. But the first one she's not related to zombie kill straight through the eye, and I think the version we saw at Comic-Con either ended a little early or was trimmed down, uh, John. Yeah. I don't remember those subsequent hits. Yeah, she we didn't really get all the, the subsequent stabs after the uh, after the first one. You're right. Yeah, and they, they were <laughs> they were some brutal hits. Um, so she takes out that zombie, and uh, at this point, everybody else is lying under the cars. The zombies are just about past. They think they're in the clear. Um, it's It's been super tense this whole time. And I guess it's Sophia starts to edge her way out towards, you know, out from under the vehicle when a zombie spots her 
and jumps under the car and she starts screaming, trying to get away. So she gets chased into the woods by these two zombies because another one quickly follows. Rick is is fast in pursuit. And this is where we get that scene from, I think it was the first sneak peek of season two that played during like episode two or three of the seasons Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, where he's in the woods. Yeah, and, and I remember when we saw that we could not figure out. We scanned that thing. We're trying to figure out the context. Why is he soaking wet? Why is he using a rock when he's got a gun at his side? Um, I think it all made sense in context, though, now. Wouldn't you guys oh, agree? Oh, heck yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, so, this is another one of those scenes that I had seen it already, but it was just awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, everything worked really well. Right. So he kind of works his way around the zombies. Sophia's gotten a little bit ahead of them. He catches up with her before they do. Uh, they run through a creek, which explains why he's soaking wet, and he hides her under the, uh, I guess those are reeds or roots from a tree that are kind of right at the water level. She hides there, and he draws the zombies away, and that's where we get the scene where he smashes two zombies' heads in with uh, a, a pretty big rock. And before he does this, he tells her, you know, if I don't come back, you need to run back to the group, keep the sun on your left shoulder, and uh, that'll get you there. So... He draws the zombies away, and about 15 seconds later, she immediately bolts for the group. So he comes back to find her. She's not there, and uh, it turns out she never gets back to the group. I want to backtrack just for one second. I'm, I'm kind of, um, as you're talking, I'm, uh, I'm zipping through the tweets a little bit, and I can't find the tweet that I'm looking for, but somebody wasn't happy about how the zombies were acting. Um, These are not I, the tweets that you're looking for. Yes. Um, I believe they were talking about like the zombie coming on the RV and then the zombie crawling under the cars. I mean, I think there's precedent for it. I mean, in the first season, um, I, I guess it was, uh, why can I never remember the neighbor's name? Uh, Morgan. Morgan. I, I guess it was Morgan's wife that came up to the door and, and kind of shook the doorknob. And we we're like, we've never seen a zombie shake a doorknob before. There seems to be a precedent that they kind of still have a clue. They're not completely mindless zombies. And we're going to get the church scene later, which we'll talk about then. Very well, short you know, we also, we also saw Amy, when she st started to, to come back, she appeared to, you know, recognize Andrea at least a little bit. So I think that, you know, that's more of that precedent you're talking about. Yeah, don't they climb a ladder? I'm, uh, I'm sorry, you're start over. Go ahead. I think they climb a ladder too in uh, in season one, don't they? Isn't there a scene where oh, they start? A little bit. Yeah, they climb like two rungs up. But I mean, the precedent goes back even farther than Walking Dead. I mean, as soon as people started complaining about zombies using rocks to break windows and zombies running, I pointed them back to the first zombie you see in Night of the Living Dead that runs and then breaks a car window with a rocket finds on the ground. So if we get to uh, to the character of Barbara. There's a Harry Krishna zombie in the original Dawn of the Dead that uses a doorknob and all these other things. I mean, the the zombies in those classic zombie movies aren't as dumb as people remember them being. They're dumb, but they're not that dumb. So, I mean, it, it works for me. It does not bother me. So, Rick gets back. So, after Rick can't find her, he gets back to the camp. They call for the search for the night. And, you know, Carol's under understandably upset that her daughter is is missing. She blames Rick because, you know, he had her. Why did he leave her? Why couldn't he just fight the zombies with her there? And he takes it pretty hard. But the next day they go out to find Sophia and they, they do this whole search party thing. And they're in the woods. They're looking at her trail. This is where Daryl is uh, really showing off his tracking skills and um, even better than Rick's or anybody else's. And they, they, they find her trail, but then all of a sudden 
you know, she was following Rick's directions. She was keeping the sun on her left shoulder. She was heading in the right direction. All of a sudden, she veers off in a different direction. They can't figure out why. Uh, so they head into the woods. They eventually lose her trail altogether, pretty much. But then they hear a uh, a church bells, and they they go running across uh, the cemetery to get inside this church. It's a I don't remember exactly which uh, denomination church it was, but a, you know, a small little country country church had a sign out front that said "Bikers Welcome," and uh, they run inside, and there are three churchgoers sitting in the pews. But then they turn around and realize that they're not churchgoers, or at least not anymore. They're just uh, three of the undead who are returning to their former lives and just sitting there. This is when they pull out the Gerber knives, and everybody goes a little bit uh, haywire on the zombies, kills them all. And uh, I think, John, I think you had something you wanted to say about the, the church scene, right? Uh, no, just it, it falls in line with what we had said. I mean, obviously, they can remember their past lives, and, you know, maybe church was a big part of it, or I, I don't know. One of them looked like she was a bride. Or uh, <laughs> didn't one of them have a veil? Of Southern Baptist church hat. Oh, okay. You know, All right. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. So, so it, it kind of fit. The, the one thing I wanted to go back to was Daryl doing the tracking. I think it was at that point where I really said, wow, you know, uh, Daryl Dixon is a star on this show now. Um, you know, he had the oh, big, yeah. he had the big save earlier and, uh, you know, pulling the bodies on top of him and, uh, and T-Dog to, to hide themselves and, and now he's doing all the tracking for Sophia and everything. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of jarring. Not that I had a feeling he was going to be a, a main player on the show, obviously. But, you know, at this point, he was almost like even with Rick. I mean, like you said, he definitely tracks better than Rick, we found out. And Rick's already getting doubted, which, you know, that's a big part of the early comic. Uh, I shouldn't say the early comic because the, the situation changes. But Rick always struggles with being the leader. And uh, so that's good that that's coming through. I really, really liked the development of uh, Dixon, Daryl Dixon in, in this. It was, uh, it was almost like, I don't want to sound weird or anything, but it was almost like he, it was a, a, a fresh flower blooming into really what, you know, is what he's going to be. And, you know, he really didn't have a whole lot uh, of, of, of opportunity to show off his skills last season because he was constantly running but this episode just really showcased uh who he is and i'm really excited to to see more of him i was uh thinking well now i understand you know what all those dixons vixens are talking about yeah i was gonna say i could i, I bet i know some other people that are r really excited about it too <laughs> one nice thing you brought up rick's accent or somebody brought up rick's accent before i think it might have been brad but uh i think it's kind of noticeable that they've lightened up on Daryl's accent a bit, at least in this pilot, or not this pilot, this season premiere, and I hear from uh, some different reviewers that have seen the second episode that it's even less going on the rest of the season. I, I think I was kind of happy with that. I, a lot of people had problems with him as more of a character of a, you know, southern redneck. I think this helps to lessen that impression and make him seem like the really kind of street smart guy that he really is. Well, if you think about it, last season he was, he was always angry. And I don't know about you, but when I'm, when my my accent changes, the way I speak, the way I form words changes with my moods. You know, uh, if I'm tired, you know, my, my Southern accent comes out a little bit, you know, I get kind of lazy. It might come out a little bit like this. Um, that makes a lot of sense. You know, so, and when, when you're angry, you speak differently. You emphasize words in a different way, or you speak with pizzazz. You know what I'm saying? So I really think, 
and maybe he was doing it on purpose. Maybe it was just natural for Norman Reedus. This talk of Daryl makes me realize that we forgot a scene. We forgot the uh, the autopsy scene. We forgot. Oh well, my god! No one reminded me. Thank you very much. That was Gnarly. the gnarliest thing I have ever seen on television. Yeah. So the day before the whole group goes out, uh, Rick gets Daryl to help him because, like we said, Daryl's the best tracker. And uh, so they go looking out in the area that uh, Sophia was, and they don't find her, but they do find a uh, kind of Jesus-looking zombie. They take him down with a, or Daryl takes him down with an arrow to the back of the head. And then they decide the only way they're going to be able to figure out if this zombie who's clearly recently eaten what actually took down Sophia or whether it was just something else is to do a uh, Jaws-style belly check. So they Daryl guts him, uh, head to sternum. They rip him open, and uh, the, the, the sound alone was just gross. They don't actually show a lot of the cutting, but you can hear every I thought, slice. I thought Andrew Lincoln did a really good job reacting during oh, that. Oh, yeah. Because I was basically doing the same thing at home. <laughs> and uh, they, they pull out the stomach and they find, instead of any human flesh or hair, they find it looks like he consumed most of a woodchuck. So that was day one of the search. Like we said, they couldn't find him. They run to the church the second day. The whole group is there. Carol and Lori have a heart-to-heart inside of the uh, inside of the church. Also, Lori has a discussion with Shane about how he's been kind of kicking Carl to the side after they ha- after she and him had their big fight. In season one, and he makes it clear to her that, look, once we find Sophia, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to kind of sneak away in the night or whatever, and it's probably the best thing for all of us, and she agrees. But Andrea overhears. And this whole episode, Andrea has been getting increasingly disillusioned with the group. It started after Dale saved her. It seems he took her gun and put it away, and she's upset that he won't give it back. She's upset that she forced him, or that he forced her, rather, to not let herself die in the CDC. She says that was her choice and he had no right to take it away from her. Um, well, no she one else. read him the riot act, didn't she? Oh, she certainly did. Um, so she's been increasingly unhappy with the group. No one else will give her a gun. They all seem to think that she's just crazy and suicidal. And, and so she kind of teams up with Shane and says, look, if you're leaving, uh, I'm going to go with you because we're the two outcasts of this group. There's nothing left for us here. I thought, I thought it went a little long. I thought the, uh, the my choice thing was seemed like it was repeated a number of times. I mean, I get it. At one point, that's what I was thinking. All right, I get it. Let's get to the zombies. I mean, it didn't bother me. I mean, because I was kind of on Dale's side, but by the end, I was kind of on her side. So it at least worked in terms of an argument. But at this point, they, they've gotten to the church. They, they find out the church doesn't actually have a steeple, but it's, it's just a bell on a timer. So there's no humans there that drew them in there. But uh, the group decides to split up. Most of them are going to go back to camp or to the to the RV to the camper on the highway, and then uh, Rick and Shane are going to go keep looking for Sophia. And eventually, Carl stays with them as well. He convinces his mom and dad to let him stay. After all, he's got one of those Gerber knives. So uh, Rick says he needs a minute, and he goes back inside the church to have a heart to heart with God. And uh, I actually, and, you know, we had the first scene with him doing a monologue, and we had the second scene with him doing a monologue. I really liked the second one. Uh, probably as much as I disliked the first. What did you guys think of the two? I, I did like this one much more. I didn't... Um, I will have to probably watch that part again. It, it didn't bother me at all the time I liked it, so I, I give it thumbs up. I think uh, Andrew Lincoln... Was, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about him before the show, but I 
he's really, for me, turned out to be quite a surprise as an actor, and uh, I think he, he did a really nice job in that scene. Yeah, so basically in the scene, he asks, you know, he, he's praying, he says he's not a religious man, but look, at this point, he'll take anything. He's saying, you know, being a leader is hard. You have to make a lot of hard decisions, although I guess you know that, and all I need right now is a sign. I need to have some kind of sign to tell me that I am doing the right thing. Did anybody else think of that? movie The Jerk with Steve Martin when he was asking God for a sign? <laughs> a little bit. Not, not at this point, but I thought of a different movie in a, in a little bit that uh, that we could get to, but no, not at that point. That's funny. So after he has his heart-to-heart, uh, he, Shane, and Carl go out into the woods where they come across, uh, come across a young buck. Uh, still got hair on the antlers. It was, what, maybe nine, ten points? Did anybody else count? No, Brad's the hunter. What did we have there, Brad? I'm not the hunter. My dad and my brother are the hunters. Oh. I, I, did not, I did not notice. Okay, well, we can say for sure it was a member of the deer family. So we'll go with that. And uh, Rick, you can tell, is kind of regarding this as his sign. And uh, Carl notices the deer, and at first, uh, I think it was Shane was going to shoot the deer, but Rick kind of set, kind of holds him off, and Carl walks up to the deer. It's kind of this very quiet, tranquil scene, and of course... Uh, Brad, John, and myself all knew what was coming, or at least what was coming in the comics. But even so, it was very tense, even in its tranquility. And then a shot rings out, shoots right through the deer. The bullet passes right through and hits Carl. Rick runs over, and uh, we fade to black. And that was the end of the episode, What Lies Ahead. What so, do you mean, what, what's coming in the comics? Uh, we knew he was going to get shot there. I didn't remember. I mean, in the com- <laughs> this is this is not really a spoiler. In the comics, the person who shoots him thinks he's a deer, but there's no actual deer there. So as soon as a deer showed up, and based on what we had seen in trailers for this season, I put, you know, two and five together and got seven. Do you remember that part in the comics, John? I, I don't remember Carl getting shot. I really it's... need to. I, I remember right now, like, the real main plot points. I need to go back and read my Walking Dead again. Anybody else think it was weird that Shane was considering firing, you know, hunt, doing some stopping and doing some hunting just because it was there. I mean, well, presumably they need food. And I mean, fresh yeah, food but something I mean, that they don't not, have a lot okay, of. Okay, not so much the hunting, but just firing a gun in the woods. You know, After all I, the talk that episode of keeping quiet. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Did uh, this scene make anyone else think of cousin, my cousin Vinny? All right, I'm going to play the part that I'm talking about. If it doesn't work, we'll edit it out. What about these pants I got on? You think they're okay? <laughs> Hold it. Imagine you're a deer. You're prancing along. You get thirsty. You spot a little brook. You put your little deer lips down to the cool, clear water. Bam! A f***ing bullet rips off part of your head. Your brains are laying on the ground in little bloody <laughs> pieces. Yeah, that's all I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I'm watching that deer, I'm thinking of Marissa Tomei. That is not what I thought of, but it is the second My Cousin Vinny reference I've heard tonight, so that's kind of random. Sweet. Brad, uh, you have seen My Cousin Vinny, yes? I saw it once a very long time ago. I liked it, um, and, and I do remember that scene uh, after you played it, but uh, yeah, it was a good movie. Pretty much like being at like Christmas at my house. <laughs> So that was What Lies Ahead, and What Lies Ahead, or What Lies Ahead is episode two of season one, and that episode is going to be called Bloodletting. And in episode two, the uh, the little blurb is, Rick discovers a possible safe haven, 
Shane must go on a dangerous mission to get needed medical supplies. So that is what we can expect next episode. Very good. I'd like to just, I think we we may have breezed over a couple of things. I get the feeling that they're trying to make us feel bad for Shane at this point. There's that scene where Laurie's really ripping into him, like, again. And uh, and he's kind of saying, you know, you remember the dialogue about him making a mistake? You know, it's people do make mistakes, like yeah, that type of thing. Sexual assault's a little more than a mistake. Uh, is it that cut and dry? I, I Did he, you know, to me it's like, did he lie about Rick being dead? Or did it seem just so hopeless to him? That that's well, what I he went the mistake, with. The, the specific mistake they were talking about at that point was him. Oh, in the CDC. I, I got gotcha. you. You're right. You you are correct. But th- I don't know. Does anybody get that? Like, Lori is still just coming across poorly to me. And and it's more Shane that we're supposed to root for. I don't know. It maybe is that the comic bias that I'm, I'm giving it again? I'd like to hear, you know. I, I think so, because, I mean, we have that scene of her and. Uh, Rick and Carl and Sophia and Carol in the car where they're kind of being a nice family and she supports Rick later on in the episode when some people are doubting him. Yeah, when um, they're in the woods and they're they're walking back, the, the I mean, two of them I, I, hung back and, and you know, he Rick and Rick and Shane hang back and they tell the rest to go and Lori basically rips Carl, Carol a new one and says, Look, every time every time you look at Rick, you can see it in your face. You need to stop blaming him, you know. I I felt like Lori was a little bit more likable. I've never had a huge problem with Lori to begin with, like a lot of people, but I felt she was a little more more likable in this episode than she has been, um, particularly because she did stick up for, for Rick a bit. I, I think you might be right, John, that they are trying to rehabilitate Shane's character a little bit. And we certainly saw that last season where he would do something really terrible, but then he would do something really good. And then you would get a reason why he did something terrible. And then he would do something else kind of jerkish, you know, He's a he's a very confused guy, and and while they are trying to rehabilitate them, I don't think it's at the expense of Lori. I think they're trying to have both of them write a very fine line where you can find fault with them or you can agree with them, but you're not going to come off like a terrible person either way. Right. The other thing that I wanted to mention, uh, which was cool coming out of the panel, uh, Chandler Riggs had talked a lot about how he loved his job. Well, you know, he's also a 12 year old. It's a TV star, so what's not to love? But he loved the fact that he gets to play two different characters because in the first season, you know, Carl is like this little kid in peril type of thing. And this season he gets to grow up. And I think we saw the beginning of that with Carl asking to come along a couple of times. And, you know, he wants to help look for Sophia because she's, you know, his friend. And uh, that's going to be cool because there's always going to be that balance of, you know, you got to let Carl grow up, but you still want to protect Carl. He's the kid. That's going to be a good tension, I think. Yeah. And there's some great scenes where he's trying to get some, um, I guess, affirmations, the right word, from both of his father figures. He's trying, you know, hey, look, Shane, I found these knives. And hey, Dad, or hey, Shane, look, this is the knife they, the knife they gave me. And hey, I want to go with you guys, A, because she's my friend, but also because he wants to be like his dad and his dad's best friend. He wants to be one of the guys, even though he's, uh, you know, 12 or how old the character actually is, you know. and it, Yes. It's, it's very true to how kids that age act. All right. I'm going to make an executive decision. Okay. If, if you guys don't like this, we'll edit this part out. But I can't ignore it anymore. And I think now is the time to reveal that spoiler that, that we've been dancing around. 
the second part? No. No. Okay. <laughs> no. I will not allow the second part. <laughs> no, I won't. I don't either. I won't either because that's that's important. And I realize this may seem weird after the rant that I went on earlier, calm as it was. But if you're if you've read the comics, you know what we're, we're talking about. This spoiler happens in. Are you guys okay with me doing that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I agree okay. with you guys when you talked about that one episode. I wasn't there. Um, if you've read the first volume, you you see this, what we're talking about. This happens in the last issue of volume one, issue six of the comic. And if you're smart, you've probably figured it out anyway. In the comic, at the end of issue six, the character of Shane is killed. We're not going to say how he's killed. Just know that Shane has not existed in the comics since issue six. And we're now, what, 87 or something in the comics? So it's been a while. Right, that's correct. So, and another reason why I feel comfortable bringing this up is because Robert Kirkman himself mentioned it at the Walking Dead panel. You know, this is kind of like, at this point, at this point, to me, this is kind of like Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Are you kidding? So, this is what we've been dancing around. But John is right. The how is the most important part. But I think it's important now, as a viewer, to realize the gift that we as viewers have been given by having Shane still involved in this story because it is going to add so much drama, a love triangle. Like John said, Carl, he's got two father figures now. In the comic, you know, he just has Rick. So this is going to be a very interesting dynamic that we as the comic fans have not had the privilege and the joy of experiencing, and I am very excited about it. Yeah, we're definitely in uncharted waters here, and I, I, you said it perfectly. I couldn't be more excited about it, Brad. You know, Kirkman said, I, I think we mentioned this, um, maybe just in talking to ourselves, not on the show. No, of course not. We haven't mentioned it on the show because it's the whole deal, the spoiler. Kirkman himself has said he wasn't sure that The Walking Dead would last past six issues, and if he knew, if he had known that it would, then he would not have had Shane's character killed off. Shane would have remained in the story. So this is kind of, you know, like some insight, I guess, as to what he might have done with him in the comic. So I actually feel good about being able to to talk about that now. The, uh, the only other, before we kind of uh, go around and give ratings, maybe, uh, the only other thing I've written down that I just wanted to mention was uh, when they find the tent... And there is the dead, bloated uh, camper. <laughs> camper, I guess we'll call him. Uh, he has a big button, a circular button on his shirt. And uh, I paused it a couple of times, and it was never really in focus. I was able to piece together with a couple of pauses um, that it said, uh, I'm not going to get it exactly now, but it's uh, no excuse for domestic violence is what it said. 
So there were a couple people on Twitter asking, and uh, so I paused and got that out there, and uh, a lot of people got a laugh out of it. So well, uh, well placed little message there on the zombie button. I also like that Dale had in the in the uh, in the RV a wooden plaque that said, "How about a nice glass of shut the hell up." Yeah, that's that's what I was going to mention earlier when I was trying to think of something. Yeah, I thought that was really awesome. Uh, oh, the other little, not an Easter egg, I don't know what you call it, product placement is what you call it. Uh, apparently Shane's new ride is like a Hyundai or something, and then the first commercial break uh, right after that was for Hyundai. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think mean, Joe Jan's. Uh, the Hyundai out. thing, I didn't even notice. The Gerber thing, I noticed, but it didn't bother me. I mean, this seems like if you're going to do product placement, this seems like the right way to do it. You know, they didn't. This is the type of thing you would be looking for knives. And what company makes knives? Gerber. And they didn't, I don't even think they said the name Gerber. It just had the logo on it. Yeah, you I know? never noticed either one of those, Gerber or, why are you saying Hyundai? Yeah, Hyundai. Or Hyundai, but either Hyundai. I don't know. I yeah. talk funny. <laughs> that is the truth. I never noticed either one of those. I did like the, I forget what cell phone company it was, but the, uh, the zombie using the cell phone. Verizon? <laughs> yes, yes. Verizon. John, we already have Bill. We don't, we don't, you don't have uh, Sprint. Yeah, I was about to say, was it Sprint or was it Ad Ad? <laughs> uh, so, what do we, what do we think in terms of, uh, of Busters here? My first reaction after watching it right away was four, four and a half. Um, I think I'm going to give it. 3.75 out of 5 busters. Yeah, I'm I'm good with 4. I hope there's some better episodes in the season, but I think this is a good uh I think this will be like a good barometer episode, like ones that are worse than this and ones that are better than this. I'm going to give it a solid uh 4.25. I think this might have been the best episode since the pilot. I think it was definitely on par with that episode. The only reason I knocked it down 0.25 was the opening monologue. Rick signing off. That that deserves a, a knock for that. But the rest was just. I literally before this episode started, I literally was fidgeting. I could not sit still. I couldn't sit down for more than ten seconds before I was up again, walking back into the kitchen to make sure my glass was full of water and all this stuff. And I was like, "What is my problem? It's just a television show." Um, there's some other ratings that are kind of important. You think we should get to them? Yeah, why don't you do that, and then we'll uh, we'll do the tweet uh, ratings from people. Well, we know that last season The Walking Dead had um, spectacular ratings for AMC, really good ratings for cable. They uh, one episode beat every single thing on NBC that week, except for the The Office and football. So, I mean, that tells you how it was doing pretty well. That's why it got picked up for a second season so uh, so quickly, and uh, ratings grew over the season for the most part. Well, we got our ratings in for the, the season two premiere, and the they played the episode twice. So the first time, there was 7.3 million total viewers, and if you factor in the encore, it was 11 million total. It's way more than last season's premiere. Um, 4.8 million of those were in the 18 to 49 demographic, which is the one that uh, that advertisers are looking for. This was a huge rating for that. Um, the, the, the first season... Season premiere was 5.3 million, and like I said, this one was 7.3. So that was a healthy growth. This actually shattered a previous record for basic cable that's been around since 2002. That was the premiere of USA's Dead Zone, and I believe that the specific record was for that 18 to 49 demographic. So all all, all around, 
uh, by all reports, both rating wise, both reviews I've read from professional reviewers, this was a this was a massive success for AMC, for Walking Dead, for everybody involved. So uh, my hats off to them. Very nice. Hopefully they'll officially announce season three. <laughs> well, they have. I mean, they they're already running a contest. Well, yeah, but if you read the fine print, at least last year, it said if there is a season two, oh, okay, we'll get okay, one. okay. But, yeah. Now, last year, if I remember correctly, it actually gained viewers each episode, correct? I want to say it gained in the second and third weeks. The fourth and fifth were down between the second and third, but still very healthy. And the fifth might have been the strongest or might have been like the second strongest. But well, good all know, the way around. Not unlike the Walking Dead trade uh, comic itself, the sales... You know, as it went along, the sales went up every month, and the uh, same with the trade paperbacks. I believe the sales with those just keep growing and growing. So I think we're going to head to Twitter now and see what some of our followers think. It's a little segment we like to call the Tweeting Dead, and sometimes I like to play this. Okay, so that's our Tweeting Dead sound effect as of now. I'd like to announce a contest right now. I will give you the Rick uh, television show action figure, which does not hit the shelves until when, Jordan? Uh, I think December. Sounds about right. So you will get the Rick Grimes Walking Dead, the television show version, not the comic book version, action figure, that I was able to pick up at New York Comic Con where they debuted the figures uh, way before anybody else would be able to get them. If you can make a better tweeting dead sound effect than this. So literally all they have to do is like blow a raspberry into a microphone. That might win. So if you send an MP3 file to uh, comments at walkingdeadtv.com, come up with a better sound effect to play when we go to the Tweeting Dead segment. It can be a little song, a jingle, a zombie sound, uh, anything you like. And uh, we will take the best one. It will become our new sound effect, and you will get the Rick Grimes action figure, which isn't in stores until around Christmas time, I believe. And make sure you don't send in anything that you don't own the copyright to. I uh, I want to thank John for picking up that uh case of figures and uh, sending me the what do they call it I don't, we call it buster but what is it labeled on the box zombie walker zombie? yeah he's a zombie walker and the most awesome thing about it is that he's a wind up walker he actually walks I can't wait to crack that open and make that sucker walk <laughs> when I read the awesome. front that it was a wind up you almost weren't getting it anymore well I know you sent me a text and said oh I can't uh, I think I might keep it because it walks. And I no, dude, you promised. You're a man of your word. You're a gentleman and a scholar, and I appreciate that. Yes, it's true. All right, uh, let's get to some tweets. We have some review. Uh, the, the tweeting was awesome. It was it was great. It was quiet on Twitter, and then as soon as the commercials hit, my phone just started lighting up with all the people sending tweets about what had happened before the uh, commercial break, which was really cool. Uh, Tiny rubber robot. Gives it four out of five. Love the end. Knew it was coming, and I still jumped. So uh, that kind of alludes to what we were saying. Uh, not sure about how they handled Andrea, and Daryl is becoming my favorite. I think we're going to be hearing a lot of that. Uh, Rooker fan said it rocked. 
10-10-10 Bethany said, great way to start season two. Good character development, storyline, and cool blood and guts. Uh, Jennifer High Five, Walking Dead was awesome. Can't wait till next week. Hope Carl Grimes is okay. So do we. Uh, Harley Big Daddy said, uh, the premiere was great. Never disappoints. Daryl is pretty handy with the steel when it comes to gutting zombies. It's great to hear some of these names again. I haven't heard some of these people's Twitter handles since last season. Yeah. Welcome back, fans. We love you guys. For sure. Uh, Peter Parker, 1810, says, I concur. I'm okay with veering from the book, and the ending was good, but what happened in the book was more brutal. I'm not sure. Let's edit that one, because I don't know what he's referring to exactly, and we probably can't talk about it anyway. Sherry is Strawberry, says, loved every minute of it. I'm so addicted. Can't wait for more. Uh, our buddy and uh, ex-Legion of Duder, Adam Reed, said four, almost five busters for me. Was a really good season premiere in my mind. Uh, Soda Joe Jans, who we're going to hear from again in a minute, said, good, solid show. I'm glad there's still plenty of tension in the group. Had a good beat and was easy to ramble to. I don't know what that means. Uh, like, you know, zombies ramble or shamble when they walk. Awesome. Uh, Ducky is lost. Says 4.25 busters. Glad I wasn't spoiled on the ending because it was powerful. Uh, four out of five from Joker Ha 13. It goes on and on. Our buddy Aaron from the Out and Out podcast, four out of five. Uh, Denver Zombies absolutely loved it. One of the best episodes. So I'm going to, you know, listen, mostly positive, right? Uh, that Nobody has come in under four out of five. Not too much negative talk. Nobody really seemed to bash the opening monologue except Frank and uh, us, which is a good thing. So, you know, overall... I think I think the people have spoken. I'm going to just go ahead and give like a tweet of the week. The best the best tweet I got during this was from Joe Jans, who is Soda, S-O-D-U-H, uh, who's a real funny guy. And he, everybody's tweeting Walking Dead, and all of a sudden he comes out and says, Bears 26, Vikings 3, halftime, in case you didn't feel like turning the channel. <laughs> Which was kind of exactly what I was thinking at that point. Like, I wonder what's going on in the game. So, uh so that was pretty cool. So thanks to him for that. And thanks to everybody uh, for participating. It's a lot of fun watching the show that way. I try to keep my mouth shut during the show, uh, but the commercial breaks and everything, everybody's chiming in. We got tweets from Irony Singleton, Michael Rooker, Viviana Chavez, you know, all stars and people who appear on the show, which is uh, which is really cool. So that's WDTV Podcast. That is our Twitter name. So please follow and, and join in the fun if you can. I totally just shut my phone. I put it on. I didn't. Even, I took it off vibrate. I put it on silent, so I wouldn't even hear that stuff. I, I was just zoned into the, to the tube for an hour and a half. I also want to thank Jen Deev, uh, who's another great one of our friends from season one, Courtney, who says, "I honestly don't think I'll be checking out the Talking Dead, but I'm definitely looking forward to hearing from you guys." So, uh, so Brad, there's one person who won't be leaving us to watch The Talking Dead after. And I'm going to just go out and say that I'm not going to watch The Talking Dead because I'm afraid that they're going to say something that I was thinking and then I'm going to get accused of uh, copying what they're doing on that show. So I'm just not going to watch it, even though yeah, I do I do I'm like that guy. I'm not going to watch it either. I, I like the guy. He's funny and stuff, but we already talked about it. I don't need to listen to somebody else talk about it. I watched the uh, online segment today because they had an online-only one, but they doesn't look like they put up the 
regular episode anywhere on amctv.com. So unless and or until they do, I won't be checking it out. But um, yeah, because unfortunately I don't have AMC at the moment. So I'm doing this through iTunes. I don't get to see the, the episode till Monday. So I have to like avoid the internet starting at you know, Sunday at 9 o'clock at night. It sucks. So Jim was not able to join us tonight either. And uh, Jim did leave a voicemail with his thoughts on the show. So let's uh, let's see what Jim has to say, shall we? Hey, everybody. It's uh, Jim. I'm not going to be here. I'm still in transit from New York Comic Con. Uh, so I won't be able to be on the show with the rest of the guys tonight. But I did want to chime in real quick with uh, some, of my, some of my thoughts on uh, last night's premiere episode. First of all, I <clears throat> did really enjoy it. I probably did about three and a half out of five busters. Uh, Really good tension filled uh, moments there. That point in the trailer with Angela and uh, uh, under the cars, the whole the whole uh, subplot with the lost little girl. Um, I really thought it fit, fit well with the rest of the episodes. It's definitely, I mean, the loss of Darabont really has not affected the tone of the show uh, at all. And uh, I thought all the performances were solid. Uh, it was, uh, it was, I thought it was solid. I was really good all, all the way throughout. Um, I'm interested in the way they're going to play out the Shane and Laurie thing here. I'm seeing it's not playing out the way it happened in the book. And uh, I, I, again, I enjoyed it all. Uh, overall. I can't wait to discuss the episode with you guys when we have a chance to do so. Uh, so have a good show, gentlemen. And uh, I'm almost back to Pittsburgh New York Comic Con. And uh, welcome to this kind of one, all the conviviality we had out there. Brad, we missed you. Thanks, Jim. So uh, it sounds like he pretty much falls in line, right? Three point seven five. So we're all uh, we're all in the same area. Did he say three and a half? I don't know. I have short term memory loss, but uh, right around the same area. Yeah, I certainly missed being out there and uh, getting to getting to meet uh, you guys in person. We had some fun, and if uh, you know they're going to keep that October date, and that's going to be when the Walking Dead premieres every year. So it's going to be heavy, heavy Walking Dead at New York Comic Con. I think for for a good long while, so we're going to have to set up something. All right, Brad, we have a couple of emails, if you will. Okay, let me pull those up here. One of them kind of goes back to the spoiler thing. Going to have to dance around it a little bit. Uh, and uh, this is uh, <clears throat> the guy who posted on our Facebook page. He wanted to um, post a spoiler, but he didn't want to put it there. I said send it in to email. So here it is. Uh, I'll do my best to, to edit it. So here we go. Uh, this is from Ragda Juma. Uh, hey guys. So I have really, I have a really silly impossibly impossible theory on Sophia's disappearance. I just can't get the idea of the blank from the comics out of my head. I mean, Sophia's tracks were, tracks were headed in the right direction until it veered off for some reason. And there weren't tracks around her, so a walker wasn't to blame. But in the books, the blank waited and blanked in the woods. <laughs> they tried to blank people off to blank the group. What if they were able to blank her toward blank somehow? Am I aware that the blank aren't due in the blank for a very blank blank? But I'd love if they were introduced blank blank. I also hope Sophia isn't the Merle of Season 2 and that we find her soon. And just wanted to point out that in the comic, if I'm not mistaken, the reason Glenn and his blank blank, her name isn't blank blank, shave their blank is just for a change after so much blank 
<laughs> kids, life. kids, please be careful yeah. when shaving your blank. Yes. Uh, I can't even it's read that. Bad razor burn. I can't even read that last sentence. Uh, he says, thanks. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. You guys got me into comic books. Ragda. Thank you, Ragda. We like hearing that. Uh, uh, we like hearing that um, you've uh, started reading comic books now. That's pretty awesome. Uh, speaking of uh, Shane's shaved head, we saw the in the scenes coming up on this season of The Walking Dead thing at the end of the episode, there was definitely shots of Shane with a shaved head wearing a baseball cap. So uh, it, there must yeah. be a story reason that it does not signal his demise. There was um, there was also a, a promo for the Spike Scream Awards or whatever, where uh, Rick and Shane were uh, in that promo and Shane's head was shaved. It was a pretty dumb promo, if you ask me. It's some pretty what promo? Stupid, dumb. Uh, oh, okay. I heard a dumb. dangerous uh, show deserves a dangerous award show or something like that. It was really kind of hokey. Uh, how about I jump in with a voicemail and you can prepare the next email? Okay. Hey, guys. It's uh, Joe Jams. Soda. Uh, Soda. Decent uh, effort, I'd say, for uh, season two, episode one. I like the deer thing at the end. I'm assuming we've all seen this and that we can go into spoilers. I, as I tweeted yesterday, I'm really hoping that very soon there'll be a nice uh, Shane moment. But uh, I, I was happy to see that the uh, the 24-inch Shane zipper has uh, finally disappeared. <laughs> Somebody must have uh, tweeted extra loud and they took the hint and finally lowered his pants. So that was it. I'm very anxious to see what happens next. Uh, I can't wait to see the farm. So uh, have a good evening, and I will uh, chat with you guys later. Bye. I, I think, uh, thanks, Joe. I, I think the important thing that comes out of that voicemail is that uh, the Shane pants jokes are done, dudes. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't notice. Uh, no, they visibly a, lowered his pants. I'm not, you sent <laughs> me a text and said, did you notice? And I was like, no, I didn't really. Uh, that's funny. Hey, um, you know what that tells us? Incess that? It, incessant bitching works. We have one more email, don't we, Brad? Yes, this is from Aaron Newirth, our buddy Aaron of the Out Now with Aaron and Abe podcast. Which you can find at hhwlod.com. Hey guys, had some thoughts that are mainly theories and then crazier theories. In the theories section of the email, it says, We'll see Merle by the end of this season. We'll see Morgan before the end of this season. Jenner's message will be revealed. The one he whispered to Rick. The one that Rick almost said this episode and then just yeah. forgot about it. Oh, that was kind of clunky, too. I forgot about that. Monologue sucked. And uh, Aaron, in parentheses, he says, Jenner's message was that Lori's pregnant, but we don't know, obviously. Uh, continuing on with theories, Dale and Andrea will hook up. And another theory is that Shane will die by the end of this season, which is interesting that he would say that after, you know, what we talked about earlier with Shane in the comics and whatnot. Uh, in the fantasy theories section of the email, Sophia becomes the governor. I cannot freaking wait for the governor to be in this dadgum TV show, but obviously we're not going to see him in season two. Uh, Daryl and T-Dog become a couple. Come on, Aaron. <laughs> you really think that's going to happen? We're Andrea Dale. Brothers at this point. Yeah, really. Andrea Dale and Shane love triangle. Uh, I actually kind of thought that too at, at one point. 
Yeah, there was there was a Shane Andrea thing going on for a second there when he was. Uh, well, there was a couple actually, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was one like the in Mickey the, and Mallory of Walking Dead. One in the uh, in the camper was like, I can show you how to put that gun together, take it apart, put it back together real quick, like. And another theory: Glenn steals Daryl's motorcycle for joyriding. I don't think that's a crazy theory. I think it's very likely. Uh, and this is my favorite. Carol reveals herself as a time traveler. She is actually Sophia from the future, warning everyone about the zombies' true threat. <laughs> they they want our gold. I'm not sure what that has to do with anything, but... He knows a lot of strange <laughs> movie references and stuff, that crazy Aaron. Yeah. Kidding aside, he says, I really enjoyed the first episode of the season. I thought the opening, all before the first commercial, was absolutely fantastic, minus the narration at the beginning. Not terrible, but the accent felt off. There's another comment about the accent, John. Uh, the rest of the episode was solid as well, but it kind of felt draggy and repetitive up until they all got to the church. I wonder if it's if it felt repetitive because we had been able to see those trailers over and over and over, and a lot of those trailer shots were from the beginning. Um, seemed more like it was filling time rather than needing to be an extended first episode. Still, a lot of great kill and gore scenes, some nice character work, Dale and Andrea in particular, and a great cliffhanger. Kill of the episode. The double D save. Dale and Daryl both help out at exactly the right time. What's he referring to there? What did I miss? The the dual screwdriver kills. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The double Ds. We love the double Ds, huh? What's not to love? I have something to say about Daryl that, that I kind of forgot. I thought it was hysterical when he called Glenn short round. Yes. And I thought it was hysterical when he called Jesus Christ JC. JC. But know what? I almost called that. I'm sitting there thinking, if Daryl doesn't look at him and say, what's up, JC, or something like that, I'm going to have a cow. And sure enough, <laughs> that was awesome. So Did is he the quest? Sawyer of the uh, Walking Dead now? Is he going to call Glenn uh, something I, in, every in show? In more ways or? than one. I mean, he really is. Yeah, that's the one thing that kind of made me leery of it, that they're just going to bite off that so much. But I thought it worked well. So far, it's worked well both times. So yeah. As long yeah. as they don't bite off the giant glowy cave, we'll be fine. Thank you, fellas, for the uh, emails, and keep them coming in, guys. We love hearing those. We love the voicemails. Yeah, if we'll uh, let's do those numbers now. The voicemail is 516-468-7912. Please, we'd love more calls even than we had for, for today. That would be great. Uh, comments at walkingdeadtv.com for the emails. Uh, we also love to read new iTunes reviews, which I'm sad to say we haven't gotten a new one in a little bit, but maybe with the new season starting up, uh, some more of you will check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And uh, if you know our show from the past, we're not begging for five-star ones. We'll read all of them, even ones where that are more like Brad hate mail. We'll, we'll read them. So, yeah, we love iTunes reviews. It helps us get out on the front pages and, and recognize and stuff, so... We appreciate it. And I think, anything else? Did we leave anything out? This is so much information in a short period of time. Uh, any scenes, anything that we want to touch on? I think I'm good. All right, Jordan, then do your thing. All right. Well, before we get to the end here, uh, one last thing. Don't forget to check out, I know we always talk about the, the Facebook groups and the emails and all that stuff. Don't forget forumforgeeks.com. On forumforgeeks.com, there's a 
John and my show and in Rustin Jim show, uh, Legion of Dudes. There's, uh, there's Brad's show, Half Hour Wasted, which is awesome. They just put out a, a, a new random audio file this week. But there's also a bunch of other shows that we're friends with and a lot of other great podcasts, including the Walking Dead Podcast Network. That's us, of course. That's Behind the Cutting Edge, which you can find at BehindTheCuttingEdge.com. I've been on the show a few times. The real fun guys. There's the Walking Dead Cast, which you can find at WalkingDeadCast.com. And then there's the Talking Dead Podcast, which you can find at TalkingDeadPodcast.com. No relation to the to the TV after show. I actually met up with Chris from the Talking Dead Cast at uh, at Comic Con. We tried to get to meet up several times, but like we pointed out earlier in the show, the reception was so terrible that we kept met, uh, missing each other. But Sunday we met up. He actually gave me a shirt and a bottle opener that's a USB drive. Uh, we got to hang out for like an hour and walk around the con and look at some of the different uh, stuff in Artist Alley and stuff. He was a real nice guy. Check out his show as well. Check out all the shows. They're all good friends of ours, and we uh, we enjoy each other's work. But other than ForumForGeeks.com, which even if you're not interested in all those other shows, you should definitely check out because there's a ton of good stuff there. Leave us a voicemail, like John said, at 516-468-7912. Send us an email, comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Of course, like I said, Half Hour Wasted from Brad, Legion of Dudes from us, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, Aaron Newworth, who left us that, that uh, email before. All those can be found at hhwlod.com. Of course, there's Facebook groups for Legion of Dudes, Half Hour Wasted, Walking Dead TV, Media, Media Minutes, and Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find all of them on there. Just search for them. And on Twitter, follow us at WDTV Podcast and at HHW. LOD underscore network. And just before you finish up, I just want to also remind everybody the YouTube channel, Walking Dead, right. Walking Dead TV podcast on YouTube. Keep an eye out. We're going to have great video from New York Comic Con coming up, and that's Walking Dead and the Avengers panels. Uh, we'll throw them both up on there, and they'll be up on the website, but you can get them on YouTube. And, uh, Thanks to Brad for setting up our little YouTube deal, yes, and uh, we got we have great pictures and video. Uh, like I said, Russ is still in route getting home, but when he gets back, we're gonna have all these videos and pictures up on the site, and uh, it's gonna be really cool. So check it out. Can't wait to see that video from the second row. I told Lori Holden that she cleaned up nicely. <laughs> she did. She is a cutie. But until there's no more room in hell and a dead walk the earth, riddle me this. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? I eagerly await your reply. Have a good week, everybody. Goodbye, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> if, you, if you're listening. <laughs> I don't think she's listening. Night, John Boy. Well, you're my friend And can you see